I feel like he really wants us to feel free to ask him for things like that and to express that fear or that apprehension and say, I need you here. I want to ask you to take that away from me. Like Jesus even said, father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Like it is okay to go to the father and ask for things like that. It has to be okay because we honor him by asking him for much. Holy Wild Birth is a podcast embracing the reclamation of giving birth rooted in God's original design, undisturbed. Here, we share homebirth stories highlighting God's presence as the great midwife, as well as conversations about all aspects of a holistic, spirit-led childbearing year. From the perspectives of myself, traditional midwife Lauren Hall of Rooted in Eden Private Contract Association, and me, holistic doula and birth keeper Brooke Collier of Sister Birth. To choose a holy wild birth journey is to consecrate all your decisions unto the Lord. And to reclaim creation unadulterated by centuries of human attempts to control and improve upon what God has already called good. Please remember, birth is not a medical event, but a natural process. We are not your care providers, and this should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to uh, this Holy Wild Birth podcast on really is pain the point. Um, in this episode, Broken I dive deep into really some theology around the argument of the pain-free birth as a goal versus really whether pain is the point at all and how um, we really are concerned about the harm and really the cheapening of the effect that when we make the goal about pain, whether it is painful or whether it's pain-free, just if when we make our focus about pain in and of itself, that we lose what God is actually wanting to do in this birth. And we believe it is to usher you into a holy wild birth, it is to usher you into his presence because what he has for you is so much bigger and deeper and other than it is about pain or not pain. He has something else for you and we want to talk about that today. And so we hope that you will, um, Kind of, I just ask that you would take any preconceived ideas of what you think we're going to say um, and just offer us an ear and set your own beliefs just down for just a second and um, as attempt to not listen with a biased ear, but to hear our hearts because we are not trying to point out um, bad doctrine or bad theology or be against a pain-free birth. Um, we both believe that that's totally possible thing. That's not what this podcast is about. So set that down and just hear our hearts and hear what we believe the Lord is wanting to, to pray over you as he sits 
by the right hand of the Father interceding for you and your birth. So we're just going to pray now, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Precious King Jesus, we thank you that you have invited us to co-create with you, that you've invited us into a transformative experience that brings forth legacy, that grows your kingdom and pushes back the kingdom of darkness and pushes back the fact that death no longer has a sting, that through your work, through childbearing and coming as a babe, and through your death at Calvary, you have crushed the head of the snake. And even though the enemy might have struck your heel, and even though he might strike ours, that you have ushered in redemption and reconciliation and invite us into a rest that is absolutely other. And you give us the chance to experience that in a very, very tangible way when we submit our will to your will and seek to cultivate an anointed birth, a birth that is covered by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Lauren. Hello. How are you today? I am so pregnant, but I'm good. <laughs> yes. Beautifully pregnant. Oh, yeah. So, um, and how are you? I am well. I am well. We are in Calhoun, Georgia with um, kind of a home away from home is what we consider this place. Mm. Beautiful group uh, church uh, family here, and uh, we're taking a little bit of a respite before we head to our next birth. So um, good, that sounds good. This time, mm-hmm. awesome. So uh, we've got a big topic today to chat about, um, and it's kind of this like this philosophy, this idea around birth, which is kind of what our our podcast has been about laying these like foundational belief systems and these philosophies. And, um, this is a big one. There's like the elephant in the room, right? Like this pain-free birth, um, kind of versus almost like I see it as like, you either have the, the camp that's kind of like this childbirth is meant, it can be, you know, you can redeem it and be in pain free or, we have got this other camp that is kind of um, really afraid of childbirth and it's a curse and it's meant to be painful and it's meant to be managed. And that's why it should be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so you've kind of got these big tension things. Um, And personally, and I think I could say for both of us um, that we don't fit in either one of those camps. So, Mm Um, I just kind of want to like lay down what it is that, that we believe, um, around what a holy wild birth can be. Um, mm-hmm. and is that goal, um, you know, this pain-free model or, or really what is our goal? Like if we're, rather than saying like, what's not our goal, like what is our, what is the, 
where do we want to go? Where do we sit? How do we communicate that? Yeah. I think one thing that's been important to us this whole journey is not to be marked by what we're against, but by what we're for. Um, I feel really strongly about that. Um, I think it's much more compelling to be for something than to be against things. Um, But that said, I think that, I think it's maybe important to point out a couple of things about the pain-free birth pursuit that can become problematic. And then for sure to also touch on what might be an alternative focus. Right. Cause so I just want to like lay my cards on the table here by saying that I have had births that I would describe as pain-free. Like um, they didn't feel like suffering. They didn't feel all that hard. They were pretty quick. Um, they were intense at mostly just the end, but then they, that was it. You know, like this not, it's not an experience of suffering. I would say three out of my five births so far have have been like that. So I, it's not that I think pain-free birth is not possible because I do think it is. And I think it is because I've experienced that in my own body. Yeah. I think where I start to get a little twitchy is when I see the pain-free being elevated to the level of like a, a primary goal or like, um, like a, a sign or a marker that your faith has been sufficient enough. Right. And therefore your reward for that is you don't experience pain at, or, or even that like, if there is pain in your birth, then it must be that you aren't fully tapping into what Jesus did for you on the cross. Right. <laughs> That's true. where I start to get uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it, I mean, when you, you really are able to step back from it. It's, it's such a works mentality. And like, he's called us to, to life, right? Like it's the, it's the good versus evil tree versus like, what is the goal? Where are our eyes situated? Mm-hmm. And, and like really honestly villainizing the pain, like pain isn't mm-hmm. always a bad thing, right? Like, no, you know, like, and <laughs> That is so throughout the word, I think that's such a Western thing too, that like pain equals bad. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, like we just run from that or put up walls against and to the point that we've, we've made this almost, dare I say, sorry, cut your toes, <laughs> dare I say an idol of like, yeah. and a pillar of like someone's faith can hinge on that. And the mm-hmm. thing that I think that I struggle with and get twitchy about um, is, again, not that it, I don't think it's possible because I know plenty of people it's possible. And I would have – I don't know that any of – I definitely don't believe it's curse. I definitely don't believe that oh, yeah. curse or to be, you know, something feared or my punishment or, or any of those things. Yes. Um, it, it's absolutely a beautiful invitation into Christ's suffering you know, like into what sacrifice and what motherhood looks like. And, and so there's just this, like, I don't know, again, I wouldn't label any of my births similar to you as suffering as painful or punishment or curse. Um, the pain is just not the focus. Like it's not, yeah. it's it is painful or it's not painful. And I'm like, no, well, <laughs> neither of those. Um, I think I, I diverged there a bit, so I digress. Um, where I get twitchy is when it becomes 
this, whether God is good or not mm-hmm. and whether um, it, it hurts people's faith when yes. they were in this, like, I set myself up for it. I believed. And then it wasn't what I thought God told me. And then it becomes this spiral of questioning God's goodness, questioning whether they are in right standing with the Lord, questioning their faith, questioning, you know, just all the things like it can come against. And for me, that says that is not good fruit. Like if it's pushing Mm -hmm. people away from God, there's a problem. And it just feels like it's, it's legalistic. Mm-hmm. And if pain is like the metric through which we're evaluating whether or not our birth was good and whether or not God was good to us in our birth, we become blind. It's like putting on blinders. Like you can't then. So say you believed, you prayed, you had your affirmations, you were trusting God for a pain-free birth, and then there was pain, <laughs> and then you're like, it didn't work. Well, but then all you all you can see is well, the pain-free thing didn't happen. That didn't work. But if you can take off those blinders, you'll be able to see that there may have been so many other ways that God was giving you his goodness in your birth story besides the alleviation of pain. And and you don't want to miss that. Like if It's like with anything in life. If we go on just looking at one evaluation criteria, we fail to see all the other aspects of it that might have been really good and beautiful. I just feel like that robs us. It robs us of a full perspective of who God wants to be for us in that place. Um, Because being pain-free might be one of the things he wants to give us, but it might also be that he wants to give us, Jesus talked about being made like him in his sufferings. He might want us to be able to experience in our own bodies what that was like for Jesus to suffer unto life for us. Like we get to suffer unto life for our babies. And that's a beautiful, valuable gift, not something to be scorned as lesser than having breezed through your birth without hardly feeling your contractions. <laughs> like, um, I just don't want women to miss all the other things. Right. It just puts the focus on, on the pain. Like, yeah. honestly, in this ast- uh, pursuit of pain-free birth, you're now focusing on the pain. Mm-hmm. that it then makes that the thing that's on on the throne it makes that the thing that's there and so it's like is there pain is there not pain um and it it's not at all the it's not at all the point it's completely missing the point and yeah. and, um, and what happens when we focus on something right it becomes bigger <laughs> yeah absolutely. that's the kind that's like, the, am i feeling pain right now Am I feeling pain? I'm feeling pain. It's like, well, probably now. That's probably right. Why. That's probably why. <laughs> that right there, Brooke. I have never thought about that. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is probably why a lot of women pursuing this and then get into pain are probably like that's probably where their mind is. Yeah. Well, it's, it had nothing to do with whether your faith was big enough, and it had nothing to do whether God was able or whether it was redeemed or whether Jesus's work was sufficient or like, it's just, you were focused on the pain. You were focused and, yeah. on, on like, am I in pain or not? Well, when you begin to focus on it, it, it becomes magnified. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, and I think like when I look at why my own births were, 
what some might label pain-free. Mm-hmm. The reason was not at all because I was setting out with that goal. Like right. I, I've tried to look back at that and be like, so why was that true for me? Like, is it just my body's made for this? And right. I just really good at having babies. No, I think what it was is that with each birth, I think I have worked, done my work to of trust and surrender more and learning the physiology of birth and the brilliance of God's design there and feeling free to fall into that and let that process have its way with me (laughs) because I know the person who made it is trustworthy. And we all know, like, was it Grantly Dick Reed who first coined this pain, tension, fear cycle, right? Right. Um, That when we are in fear, that leads to tension, which leads to pain. So I think what happens for me is increase in trust reduces fear, which reduces tension, which reduces pain. So like, I I suspect that's probably more of what's often going on (laughs) when we do end up having births that aren't that painful. Yeah. Um, Which is why I think you and I both agree that like really becoming intimately acquainted with the, the design of that God's design for birth and the physiology of it is so helpful um, because it can allow you to do that trust work and the ripple effect of that trust is significant. Absolutely. I think, I don't know. I can look at my birth experiences and really starting with four five and six, but starting with my fourth, I would, I don't know. Like just don't even want to define it by either. Um, I, when I look back at it, I'm like, I guess I could call that pain free, but it's so not the focus that it feels <laughs> to even call it pain-free. Yeah. I guess by definition, it might've been. Um, but like, especially my, like I was just so surrendered to the process and in this mode of like deep intercession and worship and just like this, the, this, I was just like, it was like I was at an altar. It was like I was in the thickness of his glory, the presence, you know, like it was that, that thin place. And, and I was fully submerged there. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't necessarily that I didn't feel physical pain, but it was just that I was not as much as I was in my body. I wasn't my body. You know what I mean? Like this, this, I'm completely in labor land that the physicality of this experience, like everything else is superseding that, right? Like this aspect is superseding the physical aspect. And so if Mm -hmm. I had focused on the pain, I probably would have felt it, but it has no real imprint in my memory because my focus was especially in, in all of my births, but especially in this one, like there's just this tangible remembrance of like a transformative like Mm -hmm. encounter with the Lord in that birth. Like that's what's imprinted on me. And so like pain free. Well, yeah, but like that's cheapening. It's cheapening experience. Yeah. The pain, the pain and the whole physicality of it became so secondary. Like uh, not even secondary, like there's not a word for fifth area. I don't know. (laughs) Like it's just like, (laughs) It's just it's not so shrunk down in comparison. Right. It's like the we've said this when we did our safety episode too. Like I feel like safety is like just too low of a bar. Like it's just not 
and I feel the same way about pain-free. Like it's, it's setting the bar too low if that's all that you're shooting for. Right. Pain is not the point. (laughs) Yeah. Just like safety is not the point. right? Right. So, um, and, and, and I do feel like, like in my own understanding of the father, is that what he wants with us is intimacy and nearness. And if part of that intimacy and nearness means that we're crawling up in his lap and saying, dad, (laughs) I'm really scared that this is going to hurt. Like, will you help me with that? Like, would you take that away? Like, I, I feel like he really wants us to feel free to ask him for things like that and to express that fear or that apprehension and say, I need you here. I want to ask you to take that away from me. Like Jesus even said, father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Like, It is okay to go to the father and ask for things like that. It has to be okay. Because if it's, if we're not safe to go ask him for our heart's desires, then that's where we have too little trust in him. Like we honor him by asking him for much. Um, So I I just always want to tell women like, yeah, feel free. If that's like something that's on your heart, go ask your father for it. Um, But where it becomes important is just like for me as a mother, like my my son might come to me and be like, I really want this Nerf gun. Like so bad, I want this Nerf gun. This is a real life example. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I hear you. I see you. I see that you feel like that would bring you a lot of joy and satisfaction. I also know that you have three other Nerf guns that are not bringing you joy and satisfaction. I'm not actually going to give you another Nerf gun. Like in my higher perspective, I can see that's not actually what you need. And I have another way I want to bless you. <laughs> um, and so we have to leave room for the possibility that that might be our Heavenly Father's response to our request for pain-free birth, too. That in his higher perspective, his answer might be no. Um, and that doesn't mean he hasn't heard you, that he doesn't see you, that he doesn't love you, that he's not good to you. Right. Um, it might just mean so you that you find some purpose in pain. Yeah. It might yeah. mean he wants you to face your fear and let his perfect love cast out the fear of that mm-hmm. thing overtaking you and you seeing his powerful, you know, truth that he overcame it. Right. Like there's, he might want you to experience peace beyond understanding that within the pain you felt peace. Like, yeah, it's such a more powerful thing. And like, those are the themes we see throughout the word, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the, like, the word doesn't give us like a handbook of like, okay, in order to do birth, you should do the Bradley method. In order to go through birth, you should take Brooke's amazing embrace birth journey, right? Like it didn't say that, right? It didn't say that. So it's what does he give us to prepare us for this life altering experience he teaches us how to face our fears. He teaches us that he's overcome. He teaches us to in suffering for the sake of bringing forth life, that there's value in that, right? Like for the joy set before us, right? Like that, I will never forget when the Lord, and it was preparing for that fourth birth that I was talking about. It was in that time period of pregnancy that it was fix your eyes upon me you know, because for the joy set before Jesus, he went to the cross, right? And so that is where he, you know, God chose to throughout, um, 
to, to bring redemption. He chose childbirth, right? Like he chose childbirth to bring forth victory that he would put enmity between the woman's offspring and the snake, right? Like it was childbirth that he chose as his weapon that would bring forth victory. And in that we have the Christ that came as a babe through the childbirth and then went for the joy set before him to the cross to bring forth the, the life of all of us, like the eternal life. Like he was birthing eternal life on the cross and it was suffering for the sake of bringing forth our life. And so we get to like actually come into a deeper, still understanding of what it is to suffer for the sake of our children. Like, is your child worth suffering? Not to say that childbirth is suffering, Mm -hmm. but like in more of the biblical aspect of the word, like in the totality of this word of like, like, is it, is your child worth your sacrifice? Is your Mm -hmm. child, is this birth bringing forth transformation and legacy in changing? I mean, like it changes everything. Like birth changes a woman, no matter the outcome, right? Like it doesn't matter even life and death, it changes everything. Um, and so is that worth the sacrifice? Is that, is that shift and that change and that ripple in this world worth sacrifice? And how can we walk through that? How can we look for him and his, him, his thumbprint on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the like scripture says he's near to the brokenhearted and, not that we're brokenhearted in childbirth, but I think that the bigger thing there is like when we are in places where things are hard and we're at the end of ourselves, which birth can often do to ourselves, can often do to us, there's like a special nearness mm-hmm. of Jesus there. And um, yeah. why would we not want that? Like, I mean, I understand, like, it's, it, it makes you feel nervous to think about going through the harder parts of birth, but there are so many gifts there that come because of the hardness, because of the challenge, because of being brought to the end of ourselves. Um, and so I just, I just never want to limit God's, like, I never want to say that a birth can only be good if it's easy. <laughs> um, because it can be good either way. Like he can show us his goodness in either, in either scenario. Like I'm also not saying like, don't want like never like having a pain-free birth is a bummer. Like it's worse than a worse thing. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to broaden this. Removing the dogmatic yeah. around and like the fact that so many people are harmed mm-hmm. in this theology. Um, that is it actually glorifying God, right? Like, is that bringing glory or are we, you know, are we like, I guess, I mean, that's question stands alone. Like answer it for yourself. Does this glorify God? Is this journey I'm on actually glorifying him in me? Is there good fruit in my heart or is there, if I don't receive what I'm asking for, where is it going to leave me? Mm-hmm. Um, because that that's just mm-hmm. making it about, about our requests as if our ways are higher. And, 
you know, it has absolutely nothing to do whether it's a good thing for him to give us or not. You know, like I can think of some of the most absolutely painful, hard, hard things in my life that I am so incredibly thankful for now. You know, like that I, that I am, like would not shift and change because of what they taught me and because, because of what they shifted in my life and where they put me in the trajectory it changed. Um, I'm so thankful for, mm-hmm. and it's like, that's not the enemy. The pain is not the enemy. Right. right. It, it, it kind of goes back to, I feel like all of these, both the fear of pain and this idea of like, we need to redeem because of the work of the cross we are redeemed so we don't have to have the curse of pain and childbirth. I feel like both of them, the reason they break down is because there's a a fundamental misunderstanding of what Genesis three is telling us. Yes. Get into that, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, in order to get into that, I think we'd have to read it. So, okay. All right. Let me look. Genesis three, 14. It's right. So the Lord God, said to the serpent, because you have done this. So he's talking to the serpent. Cursed are you, the serpent. Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He, the offspring, will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Okay, so first off, he cursed the serpent. So there's more to read here, but I'm just going to break it down easy. So he um, is starting off speaking to the serpent, and he is telling the serpent that through childbirth, because she's going to have offspring, and in that process, the offspring is going to take a blow to your head. You are going to lose this. You tried to destroy the goodness of what I created. And you have now brought death into my creation. But the offspring of this woman, you know, the offspring is going to crush your head. And the the word for crush and strike um, is the same Hebrew word in the, when you look at that, the crush to the head is not the same blow. It is not an equal blow to a strike right. to the heel. A crush to the heel is not the same at all, right? Like one right. is, there is. One is potentially um, fatal. One is one is fatal, right? Like yeah. I'm going to say it is. It was fatal. <laughs> the crush to the enemy's head was fatal. He loses. This is done, right? Like it is finished. He loses this. And so we have that hindsight to know that he mm-hmm. is the crush of his head is, is fatal. The strike to the heel is not right? right. Like Jesus rose again and the body of Christ rose again. You know, like we are, there is resurrection power in this. And so there might be a strike to the heel, but it is not fatal. And so that is what this scripture is talking about. Okay. So we hold that. We recognize that there is a strike to the heel, though. There is a pain that comes that is not victorious, but there is a pain that has now entered. 
Mm-hmm. And there's now this enmity mm-hmm. between humans and this demonic, right? Like that is what we're talking about. He is laying out the, what has happened and he's cursing the serpent for causing this consequence to come down. Right. So then we, verse 16 to the woman, he said, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe with painful labor. You will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Okay. He doesn't say he's cursing her. Okay. There is this, and I don't even really like this particular translation, but I was so, <laughs> so um, the there's this increase is what one of the translations says. There's this increase. There's going to be an increase in the pain in childbearing. Okay, childbearing is not just birth. Childbearing mm-hmm. is conception all the way through through the bringing forth of children. There is going to be pain. But this word is the same pain that is used in Adam. And it's the same pain. It's, um, I'm probably going to butcher this, so I'm sorry for anybody who actually <laughs> um, It's fun. Just it's, hard work and toil, right? Like the sweat toil. of your brow. Like right. it's not going to be it an is. easy thing. <laughs> right. And it's also grief. It's agony. It's anguish. Mm. But it's not just physical. It's actually connected to the same word. It's not the same exact word, but in the Hebrew, they, you know, there's root words. Mm-hmm. It's connected to the word atzav. And it is used to depict God being deeply troubled in his mm. heart, seeing the evil of the people he created in Genesis 6. Um, and so there's this, this troubling of the heart. So there's a physical, like it might be the sweat of the brow. It might be this painful toil, the laboring that we see in, um, in what he speaks to Adam. But it's not just the physicality. And when we look at childbearing, he's saying there's, there might be some, there's now death. Like we're talking about the wages of sin. The wages are death. He said, if you eat of this tree, death is going to enter the world. You're going to surely die. Now we are seeing that death has tinged the life of the woman. In, in childbearing, there's going to be all of this, this turmoil in question of, you know, can I get pregnant? Will I miscarry? Mm-hmm. Will the baby be healthy? Will I be able to handle this birth? Mm-hmm. Will I die in childbirth? Will I outlive my kids? Like, will, like, now death is, you know, there's all of the the things that can come against life. We now have not just the tree of life. We now have life versus death. We have death that has entered the world. And so it's tinged and increased the anguish and the pain and the toil and the heartache because death is now on the scene. Like that's mm-hmm. what the scripture is talking about. It's not mm-hmm. talking about your contractions are going to hurt. It doesn't hurt to conceive a baby. <laughs> right. Okay. Like, I think that's what we're talking about when we say the increase, it probably was already going to hurt to have a baby because the, mm. there's, there's physical things happening in the body, but he said there's going to be an increase. And mm. I think that increase, is the recognition that I now have to look at death. Wow. Yeah. You know, like that's what, and if we continue and to just add to the understanding of that, the same thing happens to Adam. To Adam, mm-hmm. he said, 
If you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from. Cursed is the ground mm-hmm. because of you. He did not curse either man or woman. He nope. did not curse Adam or Eve. He cursed the serpent and he cursed the ground. Mm-hmm. And because of you, because of the actions, the death has now entered the soil. There's painful toil. It's going to increase the fact that you're going to now have to work the soil because death has entered the ground and it's not going to produce well all the time. You're going to have to work for it. It's going to produce thorns and thistles, which I have a whole other thing about actually how that's a blessing to us. Like thistles support, you Mm. know, the the liver and (laughs) relieve toxins out of our body. Like, so there's some blessing in that even. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had to curse the ground to give us forth the the detoxifying herbs and <laughs> us. Um, but anyway, so you will eat the plants of the field, okay? By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food, and until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Now tell me, there is not painful anguish and heart toil for a man to provide food for his family. Maybe we're not farmers now and there's not, everybody is not understanding the painful toil that it takes to cultivate food, but there is an intrinsic in, and honestly both male and female in humans to be concerned about our food. You know, we have a whole passage in Matthew six talking about, don't you, don't worry about mm, what you will eat or what you will drink. Yeah. I feed the sparrow, you know, like I take care of all of this. There is the redemption of that, right? Like we see a redemption in the fact that we don't have to stress about where our food is going to come from, even though death has tinged our food sources. Death has, you know, made it hard and there is now striving and strife and difficulty on whether we're going to be provided mm-hmm. for because it's yeah. not in the garden anymore where all the food was, where the the blessing of go forth and fruitful and multiply. Like this is, we were given a gift of both our food being provided for, our bodily needs being provided for, and the multiplication of life. Mm-hmm. And then the wages of sin was death and it harmed that. And so he did, he gave us a blessing and this curse came upon his creation, but not on us. He was trying to bless them to the fullest that he could with the situation that he had brought them in. But now there was this very real tangible fact that death Mm -hmm. came in. And so death is, it's not about, you are now in pain to bring about food and you're now in pain to have a childbirth and you've been punished. It's saying, this is a matter of fact. This is yeah. now what has happened. This was a cause a and natural effect. consequence. This is a cause and effect yeah. and I can't fix it. I can clothe you, you know, as much as I can, I can close you off from eating from the cheer of life so that you are not immortal in this state. And I'm going to set apart a plan to bring forth a childbearing situation that will crush the head of this snake. That is not a curse upon Eve. That is something that we as women have been invited into the greatest victory that he 
has set forth to say, I am going to birth forth more kingdom and push back the kingdom of darkness that is going to crush the head of the snake because my God did it already. And he's asked us to be like him and to be the hands and feet of this earth and to birth forth more legacy. Like this is not about pain any more than the fact that we don't trust that God, like we trust God to provide us for the food. He, we trust him that just will not be seen begging for bread, but we have not made a whole movement about like, well, I'm just not going to work at all because God's going to provide my food. Right. Like, yeah. And who doesn't provide is worse than an unbeliever, right? Like that's what the word says. So like there's this, this it's, it's where is the focus here? This whole scripture mm-hmm. is just about understanding the, the life and death. Now we have to go to a gate to f- bring forth life. We have to go to this gate of life and death. And that wasn't his plan. His plan mm-hmm. was life. His plan yeah. was not good versus evil. His plan was not life versus death. His plan was life, life, life and life, abundant and life and life and life. Like that's his plan. And that's what we can access. But that has absolutely nothing to do with whether it was pain free or not. Right. Yeah. It seems almost absurd to reduce that down to a mere reduction in physical pain. When you like, when you look at that bigger picture, it's like what that's making so small of such a great thing. And, and so like, I, there is redemption. Like we have Jesus and I, it seems to me like the redemption comes not from like the removal of the natural consequences of sin and death in our world and this life, but from the fact that he is now with us in it. Like he enters into it with us and brings redemption in those places. But um, to make that redemption be as simplistic as not having to hurt for a few hours, <laughs> it's just, it's just too tiny. <laughs> yeah. Um, have to redeem this by way. Like that's yeah. what, like that, that can get into a real slippery slope really quickly. And it's yep. just not, it's, it's cheapening. Yeah. Cheapening. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like Lauren, you were the one who taught me this phrase anointed birth, um, which I had never, that's a, you gave words to that in a way that I hadn't used myself before, but just the idea, like I had written about this at one point, like, that the highest goal of our birth is, and I think we said this in the pain-free birth episode too, but, or no, the safety one, the highest goal is actually just like <laughs> to, to be with God, like to experience God's nearness and to have that space be consecrated to him as a place where we meet with him um, and right. experience his nearness. And the same is true here. Like that, that is what we can be sure that he wants to give us, I think. Right. And um and that is whether or not it feels like it all the time is a higher gift than not having your contractions hurt. Right. Like <laughs> the spirit of Yahweh being surrounding the process. Like mm-hmm. that is, that's what the goal is, right? To be in his presence, that the veil has been ripped and that we get to be with him. And that's our inheritance that, as like children of God. That is our inheritance. That, that is what was redeemed, <laughs> yeah. right? To be with him was what was redeemed, not a pain-free life. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't leave. Like I didn't, 
pray that you are removed from the world, but that you're protected from the enemy, right? Like he, he didn't remove us. If he wanted us to have a pain-free life, he would have said, okay, you're saved now die and come to heaven right now. Like, and you know, like that's not the goal. The goal is to live in communion with him, to be in a redemptive rest, to be able to enter his, his presence with him. That is anointed. That is the, the, like, I'm going to consecrate this, no matter what it looks like, this birth is consecrated to you. And I believe I'm shielded by your blood. And I believe that, you know, you've anointed me to walk this journey, whatever that might look like, but it's not about the outcome. It's not that my ideal birth fulfilled my plans. Mm -hmm. It's, was it filled with his presence? Was I guided by him? Did I hear his voice? Whether it was a still small voice or like the burning bush, right? Like, did I move with him? Could I trust him in circumstances? I wrote that anointed birth definition out after seeing a really hard birth mm-hmm. and a transfer. And um, and it was just this like, can I be surrendered to the outcome? Like, can I, like, am I a birth worker to give women perfect births that they wanted? Right? Like, is that the point of being a hearth mother? Is that the point? Of, of walking mm-hmm. along women? Because if it is, I have other questions about my motives, right? Like, am I only in a birth to get a birth high? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, that's not the point. And so if that's not the point, where can we fix our eyes? And what is the point? Well, the point is always him. The point is mm-hmm. always to enter the rest of, our, of, of Yahweh. Yeah. And I think it's even fair to say we can go in expecting to receive from him something good. Right. That what that something good is going to be. That's, that's what we can't like dictate. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I think it's good. I think it honors God to go in expectant that we will see his goodness. Absolutely. Um, but in a very open-handed way so that we can recognize it in whatever form he's going to bring that to us in any given situation. Um, even if that form is not necessarily the one that we thought we wanted. Right. I feel like that circles right back to our birth stories that we were talking about. It was like, I mean, I guess I could say it was pain-free because entering his rest, it's not painful, right? Like mm-hmm. it was painful physically, I guess, in some sense, but it's not, I don't know. It's just not the point. It's not the imprint on my memory. It's not the, yeah. like, it just doesn't, it is like not at all. If I were to just tell my story, it would not come on the radar. Like that's not what I would write about. That's not what I would talk about. Hundred percent. And and so it's not that it wasn't. It was present or it wasn't present. It was like those are neither one of those are sufficient descriptors to express the rest and surrender and beauty and peace that I experienced. In that birth, the trust that I learned in that birth of my God, because that birth actually, by all intents and purposes, should be considered traumatic. My baby came out in very fast and furious. He came out and his heart stopped mm. right after he was born. My, when my placenta detached, 
he was like, I had prayed over him. I released a, a blessing. My husband and I released a blessing over him and, and he crashed and we had to, you know, transfer to hospital after, um, we actually probably sh- anyways, that's a whole other part. We, we did transfer. Um, but I saw him have CPR midwife took him right off my chest, gave him one round of CPR and put him right back. Um, when she had gone to check for heart tones, it was a boom and nothing, you know, she was like, I estimated about 10 beats per minute, but I didn't even wow. listen to the second beat because I listened for one and didn't hear the second. And so she took him off, started compressions, gave him one round and he was back up and right back on my chest. And she was just there. And it was, it was fast enough that like, I didn't even have a chance to pray. Hmm. The thickness of that room of his presence was tangible left over from this birth, like from the, the place of worship that I had been in, like there was this hosting of his presence and in that place, there was this, um, the song carry Job forever was playing and it was the live version. And in the video, when you rewatch what happened, you can hear the song playing and her, she had stopped singing and it's in the live version where she's praying and she says, um, all hearts are healed. Now death has been like death is defeated. And, and she's praying death is defeated. All hearts are healed now. And my baby's heart was healed wow. right before me. Wow. And like that, it wasn't painful or not painful. It was just peace. That is my goal. That is anointed. That is Yahweh's presence. That beyond understanding, that is what I want to usher into my own birth. That's what I want to cultivate. And that's what I want to teach women that that your goal is his presence. Yes. 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 And that is something uniquely available to us as children of God. Like, this, the world doesn't experience that. This isn't like, this is your like factor that shows a watching world who God is, is right. his presence and peace. Even yeah. so, like, even if you're in pain, even if something scary happens, even if your plan doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Yeah. I feel like that's where a testimony is. I feel like that's what makes much of him. Yeah. I mean, because the, the people who don't know, know him mm-hmm. that aren't experiencing that presence, there's plenty of them that have experienced the pain-free Ecstatic birth. orgasmic births. <laughs> That's the words they use, right? It's like right. the secular word has this other set of words to talk about the same thing. Like they're calling it ecstatic and orgasmic. The physical thing that we can access, that is out. That's outside of the, the, the redemption. Like, it's just not, it's just cheapening what he did. It's just cheapening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if the secular world can access it without him, mm-hmm. then is it, is that from him? Like, is that what we should be going for as Christians? Is it something we can get? Well, obviously we can get it because anyone can receive it. That's not, you know, like, it's just, that's just part of the design is what that tells me. It tells me that that fear, tension, pain cycle is real, that it's part of our design mm-hmm. 
biological process that we were designed to be healed and whole individuals and that he didn't design childbirth in and of itself to be this horrendous, painful thing we have to fear and be in control, right? Like if anyone can access that outside of his redemption, then that means it's just part of the design. That yeah. That just, he's a good creator and he designed it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yep. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm vigorously nodding my head as Lauren talks. Um, it, this all makes me think of too, the, the pre- episode previous to this, which is Sarah's story. And we named it peaceful power and sacred pain. And we named it that because she used that phrase sacred pain that um, her birth was not pain-free. Like, it was physically painful and emotionally. She had this moment in her tub where she was just weeping and she felt this like connection in an inexplicable way to like understanding like the weight of God's yearning for his creation and like the redemption of creation. Um, I was like, that's so like, that's kind of unusual. I don't, I don't think a lot of people have that experience, but that's part of the gift that God wanted to give Sarah in her birth is for her to be able to understand that deep spiritual truth of the longing of God's heart for his creation and vice versa. And like, how cool. That's so cool. And so she called it her sacred pain. Um, It's pain that was purposeful and God was using it to do something good. And the deeply troubled in heart for his creation. Like the word that that pain from Genesis is connected to in Genesis. Like, yeah, that just, I see that connection back. Like, you know, it's the, he's not pain-free. Right. Like he's not in, he, he himself is currently not pain-free. Mm-hmm. His heart is broken. His heart is deeply troubled and broken. And there is grief and agony and anguish and pain. And he wants to say, will you be with me hmm. in this? Will you see how much I love my children? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So friends, your birth doesn't have to be easy to be good. <laughs> um. God doesn't have to give you pain, painless contractions in order for him to be good to you. I think that's just what we want to encourage you with. Set your sights higher on (laughs) um, just knowing him and having fellowship with him in every way. And if you happen to have a pain free birth as a natural side effect of that, awesome. (laughs) But yeah. Hmm. Do you have anything else? Closing thoughts, Lauren, or this is kind of the natural ending of our conversation on this topic. Now, that's, I think, a beautiful way to wrap it up. Um, I'm just so thankful for the Lord's um, guidance in all of this and i just want to pray that you have a holy wild birth whatever that might look like for you
thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll be back and join us every week for each new episode. Please be sure to subscribe and share, get the word out there. 